Welcome back to Retirement Success. I'm your host, Dennis Heath, and today we talk to another expert to guide us through the intricacies of retirement and aging. Everything from health to finance to your psychological well-being. So let's introduce our expert for today's episode. And on today's episode, we welcome Martin Williams, a certified counsellor who's had some excellent experience in working with clients in the over 60 age range. So hello and welcome, Martin. Hi, morning, Dennis, and uh, thanks, thanks for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. Excellent. And uh, perhaps you could start by just giving us a quick career summary CV so we know a bit about your background. Sure. Okay. Well, I'm, I'm based in Singapore. Uh, I moved here 32 years ago. I actually spent the first 25 years of that working in the construction industry, working regionally as a project manager for, you know, uh, chemical industrial type projects. And then a personal incident changed my life completely, turned it upside down. And I then took some time off work, was given a bit of work doing some life coaching. And then working with the psychologist got me very interested in psychology and counseling. So I then decided to take a counseling course, course in uh, uh, counseling psychology. And I graduated from that course four years ago, and I've been working as a full-time counselor ever since. All right. Thank you. So when you've worked with people over 60 who might be retired or approaching retirement, what are some things that these retirees are most afraid of that they want to talk to you about? Yeah, it's an interesting issue, right, retirement. We, we often uh, spend a lot of time planning for the financial aspects of retirement, but overlooking the psychological impact. Mm. So, you know, what people are afraid of, they, they're afraid of feeling bored, they're afraid of feeling aimless and isolated. Sometimes they struggle to switch off, you know, a lot of people work very, very hard, right? And, and that's, that becomes a big part of their life. They also very afraid of, in this day and age, of dementia. Oh. And that's, you know, we're worried about, well, if I, if I start switching my brain off, is that going to be something that starts catching, uh, starts taking effect with me? Mm. Mm. Okay. And what, what motivates them to come and see you? What point, what, what's the point that they reach when they say to themselves, I need professional help here? Well, it, you know, it's a different, uh, it's a different level for everyone, right? It's a different, but I think, Interestingly enough, when we, when we struggle with things like retirement, we struggle with things like anxieties, it really can often only be identified that we're really struggling when it starts to affect our relationships. And so that's usually a, well, usually that's one of the key guides, right? If I'm really struggling with my relationships, or maybe if I'm, then that's it's an indicator that I need to go and talk to somebody. Um, if maybe I'm slipping into a feeling of depression, you know, I'm struggling to wake up in the morning, I'm feeling lethargic all the time, or I'm feeling worried all the time. You know, it's, it's normal to feel a little bit lethargic sometimes. It's normal to feel a little bit worried sometimes. Yeah. It's normal to have relationship issues sometimes. But when they drag on for, you know, more than two or three months, that means there's probably something a little bit more fundamentally at issue and uh, it's a good time to think, well, maybe I need to go and talk to someone who's a little bit more uh, objective, who's a little bit more independent, can, can give me a different perspective on what might be going on in my life. Right, right. 
And you mentioned relationships and couples. When there's a struggle with the relationship going on, do you normally see them independently or do you see them as a couple when you help them? I, I, I do both, actually. Oh, okay. Um, it, uh, if the relationship is the you know, at the core of the issues and the arguments within the relationships seems to be the core of the issues, mm. then yes, then we work as a couple and work on the relationship itself. Uh, but, or, you know, the relationship could, uh, issues with the relationship could just be a symptom of deeper issues that the client might be struggling with. And in those cases, then I would deal with the client as an individual and just work through the issues that uh, that client might be facing. Right. And I'm guessing some of it might be boredom, you know, people who've not thought ahead or planned ahead. And as you said, they've, they've had a career, they've been busy working hard in their career, and suddenly, bang, overnight, that's, that's gone. And they haven't thought about, what am I going to do the day after my career disappears, basically? Is that something, is that a symptom of what you work with sometimes? Yeah, absolutely. Boredom is certainly something that retirees are, are, are going to face. And mm. I think it's important to recognize that. We need to expect, as we approach retirement, we need to expect that we're going to go through stages of emotions. Mm. You know, and that, that first stage might be freedom, right? That freedom. It might be yeah. it might be a it might be a release of burden, right? But that might only last a short while. And then we can go into another stage which could be anxiety, which could be boredom. Uh, it could also be guilt, right? So oh, we need okay. to expect that we're going to experience a whole range of emotions. And that's okay. It's normal, right? Because we're changing our life. We're changing our, our routine, our structure. Uh, we're changing our roles. So, of course, we're going to experience a range of emotions. But a, a lot of people aren't prepared for that. And it comes right. as a shock that I'm suddenly feeling all these mixed emotions, which can be a little bit, uh, you know, can be confusing. Yes. They can be conflicting emotions. You know, I'm feeling I'm feeling freedom, but I'm also feeling anxiety. That, why am I feeling both these at the same time, right? And, and when, when people are confused and conflicted over what they're feeling, that's usually a sign that it's a good time to go and uh, go and talk to someone. Yes, it's interesting you, you mentioned guilt, because that resonates with me. When I first retired, if I was just sitting reading a book, after a while I'd be thinking, I should be doing something. Mm. Uh, I'm not doing anything productive. I should be answering some emails or setting up a meeting with somebody to do something. So it, it's strange. It's a strange feeling of guilt for not being productive in the way that you're used to being productive. Um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's, it, it's a weird one, right? Because why should we feel guilt? We've done that work. We've contributed yeah. to society. We've you know, we've we've, yeah. we've we've done all that work. We've we've given our best years to yeah. to uh, helping helping companies or helping uh, individuals or helping in some regard, and then suddenly suddenly that's gone. But why should we feel guilty for that? But we do. <laughs> and I suppose I I don't know whether this has been your experience with some people. Some people's identity is their job title. I once worked uh, when I when I was doing uh, executive coaching as opposed to to counselling. I worked with a lady who was vice president, regional vice president of a multinational company, and I said to her, "Who would you be if you weren't vice president of X Y Z company?" And she said, "Nobody." 
her entire self-worth was in her job and her job title. And when you retire, that, that goes overnight. Again, that, that's another sort of psychological shock, I guess. Yeah, I think, I think that loss of identity is one of the main issues mm. that people, uh, that people have. You know, they, they lose a sense of meaning. They lose a sense of purpose that came with a job, you know, and when, when we identify too closely with one particular role, uh, once that role is gone, we're really going to struggle. So actually, identity is, is something I, I work with, with almost all my clients of any age. Oh, really? Actually, oh. Because I find this is, this is a, an issue in so many arenas that can be linked to self-esteem issues, right? Um, so if we're too identified, you know, too closely identified with the role that we play in a, in a job, for example, what are we apart from that, right? And, and if we can identify that early on before we retire, We've still got that core identity, which has nothing to do, nothing to do with um, our role, right? With, yeah. or, or our role forms a very small part of that, right? And that's 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 important. It's an important role. It's an important part of my life, but it's not not everything. So, working on identity, I I, I find that very helpful and very useful at any stage of life. But for those people that have not gone through that process before and suddenly hit retirement. It's a great place for me to start with them if right, that's right. if that's the issue yeah yeah and are there some typical stereotypes if that's the right word is, is it the case that sometimes you have somebody come to see you and the things they want to talk to you about you've seen so many times before a pattern and you go oh yeah that's one of those are there sort of three or four different patterns that come to your door that you recognize well, I think there are certain fundamental issues mm -hmm. uh, that that do repeat. Um, but as a counsellor, I don't start looking for patterns. Um, okay. I've got I've got to keep completely open mind because every case is individual and unique. Right. Uh, everyone's had different experience. Uh, it's been affected by different environments. So whilst there may be some underlying issues which recur. Uh, and, you know, as I say, around anxiety and depression, and feeling lost and all these kind of things, lost contribution. So those are fundamental things that repeat, but they, they repeat as kind of individual symptoms. I understand. Okay. But when I look at the person as a whole, which is what I have to do in my, in my role, I can't make any assumptions whole and start categorizing people in, in that kind of regard. Right. That makes sense. We're all different. We all have different upbringings, different life experiences, and no two people are the same. Absolutely. For sure. So perhaps you can help us understand a little bit about how a session with you might work. So when you get somebody come to you and they have these issues that they're facing, what is the typical process that you would go through to help them come to some new perspective or new ideas? Hmm. That's, that's a very good question. Yeah, the counselling process. So the first session is very much me listening active, and, and that's actively listening, which means I'm questioning, I'm probing, I'm summarising, I'm you know repeating back to to the client just to get clarity around what they're saying to understand what the issues the client is facing and how it's affecting their life, 
but also to understand the client's story a little bit to, to understand so we can put those issues into some kind of context and start understanding what might be the root cause of some of those issues, right? So the first session, which usually goes on a little bit longer because there's a lot of information sharing in that first right. session, is all about really understanding first what are the issues. And I like to really focus on what emotions a client is experiencing because that can give us a real clue into what needs might not be being met. Okay. Okay. So that's, that, that's essentially the first session in a nutshell. Okay. Uh, I might give a little bit of homework based on what, what has arisen out of the session. By the second session, we want to clearly establish what is the client's goals in counseling, right? Because during the first session, if I ask them, what are your goals coming to see me? Most of the time, I, I don't really know, right? I'm just feeling confused. I'm just feeling anxious. I'm just feeling yeah. this, that, the other, right? But I don't, I can't really clearly articulate what my goals are. Right. So after the first session, I'll go away, I'll read my notes, and I'll probably come up with a, a, some draft goals, and I'll discuss these in the second session with the client. And then once we've got agreement and clarification around those goals, that's when the, the kind of the counseling intervention really starts. Although okay. inter- intervention really starts with building the relationship. The most important aspect of counseling for me is the client-counselor relationship. Right, that's a, a, a greater predictor of success than than anything else. Mm. Uh, more, a big, you know, research has shown it's a bigger predictor than the experience levels of a counselor or the education levels of a counselor or the, or the modality of counselor. Right, there's hundreds of different modalities that counselors can use within sessions. You know, if you want to use these kind of techniques or methodologies, but building that relationship is the first part of any uh, counseling session for me and right. making, the, making the company building up that level of trust so you can be open so you can dis- discuss more honestly and more openly about what what the issues might be yeah and of course the sessions with you are 100 percent confidential as well right yeah absolutely i think you know there are there are limits to confidentiality in terms of if for example if if a client is if there's a real concern about self-harm or harm to others uh, we would have to raise that outside the session, possibly to either family members or the authorities. Of course, if there's a court order, uh, I would have to issue a redacted version of my notes. If there's significantly illegal activities, again, unfortunately, we have to report that. Yes. But aside from that, everything is completely confidential. Even yeah. the fact, even the fact that the client is seeing me is kept completely confidential. We might have, you know, uh, common acquaintances, but they will never know that I'm seeing that particular client. Right. And sometimes after that first session, is it sometimes the case that what the client presents as his issue or her issue is not actually the real thing that you need to talk about? Yeah, absolutely. That's that's a great uh, that's a great comment. Clients come in with with what they feel is their issues, and and you know, it's like anything. We could we could have a we could have a headache, right? We could go to see the doctor with a headache, but actually, the 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 actually the, the root cause is a stiff neck or 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 shoulder pain or right. you know that's that's cr- gone up through the neck and is causing migraines, right? So the same thing, you know, a client may come in. I'm, I'm feeling depressed. I'm feeling anxious, or I'm I'm shouting. I'm being angry, right? Anger is a great one, right? Because 
there's, there's a thing called anger iceberg, right? Anger is what we see. Mm, yes. Underneath that anger is a whole host of, of uh, raging emotions, you know, which are often conflicting, which are often confusing, which cause the anger. So actually, yeah, it's it's rarely that simple as to what the client might think it is. It's often some underlying issue, and that's why we have to spend the time going through the story, getting an understanding of the situation, the environment, the relationships, uh, to get a complete picture so that we've got a much better chance of really identifying what is the root cause of the current issues. Yeah. When you deal with that root cause, it affects a lot of other things and brings a lot of other things into, into alignment. Mm. So you're treating the illness and not just the symptoms. Yeah. I mean, of course, sometimes we do have to manage the symptoms, right? I mean, if someone's uh, struggling with anxiety, we need to start by managing them so they can they can feel some immediate relief. And that might be just through learning some mindfulness techniques, okay. for example. Yes. Okay. So there are exercises that we're going to do to manage the symptoms whilst we continue to work on the underlying issues. Right. And I wonder if you could share with us uh, perhaps a story of what somebody has realized after a few sessions and how their perspective might have changed on retirement and aging in general. Yeah, well, I, I, I've got an interesting uh, interesting couple that I've been working with quite some time now. Uh, and uh, they were Indian couple, mm -hmm. okay? Uh, so they've got, you know, obviously the, their culture is quite traditional. Uh, but interestingly enough, the husband had just retired and the wife was still working. Mm -hmm. So the husband was quite happy retiring. I think he retired about 60, right? So he uh, slightly early, but he was just so keen to do away with the the day-to-day the, the -day, uh, uh, slog, I think. And uh, But the wife was very invested in what she was doing and in, in her work. and And so... The change in his role caused all sorts of tensions within that relationship. It caused tensions within the family as well, mm -hmm. because the family is like the family started getting involved. The family started having their their say about what was right and what was not right. So, in a way, by doing that, he was kind of challenging some of those some of those cultural norms, right? But but yeah, so the the, the tensions within the relationship were really strained. So I saw them as a couple, right? Yes, and yeah. they, they, they were a great couple to work with, actually. They really, uh, we really made some great progress. And then, in fact, they're in a fantastic place now, which is uh, which was so affirming to me as well. Yeah, rewarding um, for you. Yeah, but, but, uh, absolutely. Um, but we, you know, we work primarily on communication, which is something that we often work with in couples. In fact, it's the prime thing we work on yes, in couples, yes. right? The, the husband being, you know, traditional male in his 60s, standard, not comfortable with emotions, right? Not comfortable with expressing, not comfortable with feeling them. So he would avoid conflict. And, you know, the extent he would go to to avoid conflict within his relationship and also with his, within his family caused more conflict, <laughs> right? Yeah. So it was just working with him within the context of the relationship to feel comfortable, comfortable in uncomfortable emotions, right? right? right. Uh, and just being able to just sit there and allow them to happen rather than avoiding them. Okay, right. right. It's that, right. that avoidance 
of the emotions was causing a lot of issues, right? And of course, on the on the wife's side, she had some other issues which were related to family, which were related to trauma-related issues, which based on a, a father who was absent father when she was young, and he just passed away, and 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 so this change in dynamic just upset the balance of their relationship completely, and also she was a little bit resentful of him oh. retiring. Right. Right. Yes, yeah. She felt that was his decision, not really a joint decision, but. You know, that's because at that time they didn't have the ability to share with each other the emotions they were feeling to understand each other's needs better. Right. Right. And so once we've done that, we've gone through that process and now they're able to understand, share emotions, understand the needs. And then within the context of the relationship, of course, sometimes one's need is going to be more important than the other's needs. So that's where the compromise comes in, right? But at least as long as we've expressed them and as long as they've been heard, we're not going to resent anymore. Yes. So so that, within that relationship, we've, we've reduced the resentment. That's that's pretty much all gone now. And the tensions don't build up so so much. Uh, we're not trying to avoid issues. So, so that's just one particular example of how retirement can affect uh, a relationship. Yes. And, and, yeah. and you know, there's nothing more important than relationships. That's just one example I can give you. Okay, thank you. When you when you work with people whose main concern is boredom, what are some of the things that people decide to do to avoid the boredom? Are there any? Have you come across any very unusual things like I'm going to study ants in the Himalaya or something? <laughs> Anything odd to prevent boredom? What do people come up with? Well, I think rather than just trying to suggest a range of activities to overcome boredom. I think for me, the fundamental aspect is how can I find new meaning with uh, what I'm doing, okay. right? Yeah. You know, because as we grow older, our legacy becomes more and more important. You know, we start to look, we start to look back. What have I contributed? We might need to find new ways to contribute to society. You know, volunteering is is something that comes up quite a mm, lot okay. um, because something that really you know, gives us a sense of self and a sense of purpose and something to do with our time. Learning something new is one of the key things that comes up, right? Um, yeah. That active learning, because that's something that we work with. I mentioned dementia earlier on, right? The act of learning something new abs- absolutely has been proved to, to help with early onset dementia, for example. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so because we, we need to keep activating that part of our brain that incorporates learning something new so so yeah we do need to keep challenging ourselves we do need to remeasure what is success in our lives life can life still can have meaning and fulfillment uh in in later life we just we just got to accept that our life has changed and embrace that change we've got to you know and that that means we got an attitude adjustment to make, right? We need to be able to accept things that we can't change. We've got to redefine our identity, as, as I mentioned before, and set new goals and, and allow this process, allow this emotional process. It, you know, in a, in a way, it's quite interesting. It's, it's, a similar, it's a similar thing to grieving, almost, mm. right? Right. You know, because when we retire, we're we're losing a sense a part of ourselves. We're losing our job, right? We're losing our structure. 
So we have this sense of loss, right? Um, and we need to understand and work through those emotions right. that we're feeling. Yeah. Just yep. like when somebody dies, you know, first we might be in shock, then we we might try denying, then we might try negotiating, and then we might then we might get angry. But ultimately, we need to get to the point of acceptance. Right. Right. And once we reach acceptance, that means we're no longer in the grieving process. That means we're no longer affected when somebody mentions the deceased. Right. Yeah. We might still feel sad. We might still have memories, but we're not going to get unduly affected by those memories anymore. Same thing in, in retirement. Right. We're losing our job. But when we can get to that acceptance that life is different now and I'm not going to get affected by this past loss of all the things that were associated with my with my job, then we know we're ready to move on and, and, and start and we're really embracing the next phase. Sure. Yeah. So that grief curve that you describe, that's human nature. So we can't really do away with it completely, but working with someone like yourself, we can attenuate it or shorten the length of that curve to complete recovery. Yeah. And I think the important word you mentioned there is complete recovery right if we if we try to shortcut it or we, or we miss parts out we recover but there's it's not complete um, and that's that's the thing that i like to you know say to clients right we're not necessarily going to shorten the process because the process is the process right yes. it might take us it might take us one month it might take us three months you know i suggest that if we're still struggling at three months down the line after that then it's probably time to talk to someone Right? right, because right. it's going, it's starting to drag on a little bit long now. Uh, so maybe that's an indicator that there's some issues there that I might not be fully aware of. Right, right. but yeah, but completing that process is the important part of it. Okay, all right. Well, thank you, Martin, for enlightening us on the, the challenges of retirement from a psychological perspective. I'm sure it's been very interesting for our listeners, certainly been interesting for me. And we may get questions, so I'd love to have you back again if we get some, some questions on the psychology of, of retirement. And just before we close, if people want to contact you, where can they find out more about you and, and contact you for more information on your services? Well, thank you, Dennis. Yes, I'm, I'm based in Singapore. So all my face-to-face -face counseling I do in Singapore. But I do counsel a number of clients outside Singapore who I see via Zoom. And I can be contacted and all the details about my counseling uh, can be found at www.harmonycounseling.com.sg. Excellent. All right. Well, thanks again, Martin, and hope to see you again on a future show. Bye for Bye. now. Bye-bye. Thank you, Dan. That's all for this episode of Retirement Success. Thank you for joining, and I hope you found the information and insights helpful in your retirement planning journey. If you have a topic you'd like covered in a podcast, drop me an email at retirementsuccess60 at gmail.com. That's retirement success, all one word, numbers 60 at gmail.com. And I'll look for an expert to interview on your topic of interest. In the meantime, keep learning, keep exploring, keep dreaming big, and may the force be with you. Until the next episode of Retirement Success.